Welcome to Dragon Talk. Hi. Hi. You're staring at me. I didn't know if there was more. We are going to sing the entire intro. Special episode of Dragon Talk. It will be the same tune and we will keep doing it. Dragon Sings. <laughs> not we, we should do a Dragon Sings. That's a great idea. Welcome <laughs> to Dragon Sings. Oh, how many people just turned off this podcast? Like at least 16. Sorry. Like, mm, no, not so much. It's basically everyone who gets mad at me for singing in the office. They, they all just like, who mm, gets no. mad at you for singing in the office? I think Bart Carroll does. I think Dan Tobar does. Man. And with his chopsticks, like clicking, he's like, <laughs> so mad. Take out your voice box. <laughs> I'm squishing you. I'm squishing you. <laughs> oh, who are you? I'm Greg Tito. Okay. I'm Shelly Mazenoble. Hi, Shelly Mazenoble. Nice to meet you. You are a uh, board game wizard. That's what Mazenoble means. Right. Exactly. Yes. And, and you I, are a happy vodka. Gregarious vodka. <laughs> That's, that, that should be like my stage name uh, for when I do magic. Yeah. Oh, magic. Can <laughs> I do magic or play magic? Uh, both. It's, it's when I perform sometimes. magic tricks uh, while using magic cards. Right. right. Yes. Okay, that's good. Pick a card. You could card. totally do that. Yeah, it's a black lotus. Oh, yeah. No, it's not. It's mine. <laughs> See? That easy. I took the black lotus from behind your ear and put <laughs> it in my own collection. <laughs> and then it's on. Uh, uh, you can just go back to the cabinet and get another one. Because remember? Right. This is this is now canon. There's right. a magic black this lotus This is Wizards of the Coast canon. Where it's not actually the card of a black lotus. It's actually just a black lotus right. growing. Yeah. And then you, like... Flick it with your finger, and yeah. then psh, the cards of black lotuses fall out of it. That's how that's how all magic cards are made. Oh yes, you're right. Flick, flick. Mm, oh, ones. just got a new one. Excellent. Uh, we are gearing up for D and D Live 2019. Hence the punchiness. The descent. Uh, we are descending into punchiness. We are. You yes. Feel it happen. We are going down. We're whoa, getting down. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Again, that uh, was theater. I thought you were falling. I, I know. Did, I didn't know. I didn't know. I was quite. Good at, You're so really good, good at, at ventriloquism, just Thank like you. I am. <laughs> so that is, uh, for those of you who haven't been paying attention, D&D Live 2019, The Descent, is our biggest annual year-long, celeb- not year-long, year- year- maybe and- feels like it. Planning-wise. Yeah, exactly. It does feel like that. Yeah. Uh, we have been playing this for a long, long time. Uh, off the heels of the multi-award-winning stream of many eyes. Yeah. Uh, we took all of the stuff we learned from that amazing event and, and funneled it into this one. So we have a whole bunch of programming uh, going live uh, at 2 p.m. Pacific time on Friday, May 17th. Kicks off with Deborah Ann Wall, Dungeon Mastering for Relics and Rarities, a special live presentation of awesome. that. She's got her main cast all there and two special guests, which I'm very excited about, and you shall be too. And you will not tell us who. I will not tell you who. Will they be in costume? I actually don't know. I've been saying uh, folks to be uh, kind of just touches, like have like, you know, bits of your costume. So it is not quite like streetwear, but, you know, also just leaving it up to whatever they want to do. Okay. Yeah, that's it. So who knows? And plus, I don't, were they, they weren't necessarily in costume during Relics and Realities either. I think they were mostly, uh, you know, in their in their in their yeah. attire, theater of the uh, mind. Well, that'll be amazing. Then uh, Shelley takes the stage <gasps> at four p.m. Pacific time. Uh, between that and six, we're going to be talking about all of the new adventure, what it's all about, yes. why you should be excited about it, what the locations and the settings and all that stuff are all about. Uh, that will be told by Chris Perkins, Kit Welch, Jeremy Crawford, and Mike Merles. 
Um, Then there's going to be a segment where you, Shelley, talk about some things that you're working on. I actually just saw some packaging. Some mock-ups. A mock-up for what we're going to talk about. Mm. And it was so cute. And I squealed so There's a burst. There's a burst involved. Oh, that one when you guys were picking. I don't don't think we're going burst on it. You removed the burst? Yeah. That's against my... Keeping it simple. That's against my orders. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you remove that starburst? Burst. (laughs) Marketers love bursts. They really do love a burst. Art directors hate them. They don't like the juice bursting in their mouths. No. When you see it, you're like... Mm, Fruit flavors. Um, So that's a whole bunch of hints. uh, You know, so go ahead and decipher everything we just said, and you'll be able to figure out exactly what Shelly's going to be announcing. But also we get to talk about the other thing that we haven't been able to talk about. Oh, that other thing. That's so fun. I forgot about that thing. I I haven't because it's all I think about. There's Okay, well, there's that. And then there's like a whole other thing that nobody even knows anything about that is going to be exclusive, least spoken about on uh, D&D Live. Um, so I'm excited about that, too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting for you to spoil something. <laughs> what happened to my sound? I oh, couldn't no. hear anything. Oh, good job. We have any good job. lip readers on Twitch. <laughs> lip readers on Twitch figured it all out. Elephant shoes is what she was saying. Elephant juice. shoes. Olive juice. Olive juice. Oh, I didn't realize that. Olive juice. Um, we also then, after uh, we talk about all those amazing products, we're kicking off with D&D Entertainment. Which is what? Uh, uh, four Dungeon Masters, Jeremy Crawford, Kate Welch, Marisha Ray from Critical Role, and Chris Perkins are weaving a four-part tale, uh, two of which will be on Friday night, two on Saturday night. Uh, and it'll be lots of fun. We have two. Uh, every, everything about this is all up on dnd.wizards.com slash dnd live okay. 2019. So don't um, don't worry about writing it all down. Don't worry it saying. all down. I mean, I know you're all taking notes frantically right. on your graph it's paper. online. Like you should. I know on the internet. It's on the internet. Check it out there. But we have two new cast members joining Jeremy Crawford's <gasps> game, uh, which I'm very excited about. Big fans of them. Uh, Kelly Lynn D'Angelo. Yes. From Girls Guts Glory and Sirens. Uh, she's an amazing storyteller. She's a, you know she writes musicals? She's a uh, no. writer. She's got a musical that's like coming out very soon. She has a musical? Yeah, she wrote a musical. She also has written all this How crazy How do you even TV. do that? I mean, I think you take a pen and then you like put it on a paper and then like It's got to be like an ink, like a quill and ink. A quill and ink. That's how you write a musical. Yeah, exactly. I don't, yeah. She what? Wrote, I know. She's an amazing creative person, wonderful storyteller. I can't wait to see what she performs uh, during that game. Uh, Alex Lee from Dragon Friends uh, will also be joining uh, that game, which I'm super excited about. That's awesome, too. Yeah, I know, right? This is so cool. I love it. More people. Woo! Yes. More the merrier. Exactly. Uh, And then on Saturday and Sunday, uh, we will have tons of content going from four mini studios uh, in the other stage, and it's that's going to be amazing. With uh, uh, dozens of hours of content coming out there on Saturday and Sunday, including me and you yes. talking uh, to uh, some of our amazing partners oh, about all their like, products that are coming it out. It is a constant parade of who's who of D and D. Yeah, we're just going to keep rolling them in. Right, just uh, so cool. So D and D Beyond uh, will be there. They'll be broadcasting live from one of those studios the entire awesome. uh, time. Uh, High Rollers will be joining them. Uh, Rivals of Waterdeep. I'm excited to see them again. I was—I can't believe it's been only a year since we introduced them uh, onto the channel at wow. Stream of Many Eyes. Really? Right? That was it? That was it. Oh, I feel like they've been part of our family forever. They are. They are. Yeah. Forever and ever. Amen. I like them. Um, we also uh, have uh, 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 
tons of amazing folks, including uh, Heroes of the Veil, are going to be uh, performing through the D&D uh, channel, uh, D&D Beyond channel, I'm sorry. Uh, and then we have another studio that's all devoted to podcasts. We have loved the audio content that has come from our podcast creators, and we wanted to highlight it as much as we can. And I'm we get, glad. Finally get to bring them to one of these events. So One Shot Network, Taking Initiative, D&D is for Nerds, Venture Maidens, Drunks and Dragons, which you should be joining. Uh, yeah. D20 Dames, Dungeon Drunks, which I'm going to be joining. Yep. Uh, and Gregarious then, Vodka. Yeah, exactly. Gregarious Vodka is the name of my character. Yep. I'm, I'm going to totally roll a character. That's named Do you that need now. to? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, a mishmash group called the Cocktail Crew. I'm sensing a trend here. I am uh, too, and I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Uh, then, of course, we have uh, Acquisitions Incorporated, the C Team. Dragon Friends uh, will be streaming live. Uh, an amazing panel run uh, by Tanya DePass from Rivals of Waterdeep uh, called Role for Inclusion with a lot of folks talking about uh, bringing in new voices and new audiences. Panels, to I love Dragons. it. Um, we are uh, inviting the Saving Throw show to talk through everything that's been happening all weekend long. Uh, Girls Guts Glory is going to be there. They're going to be debuting. I don't think I've said this publicly for the first time, but huh? they are going to be starting up their podcast. Uh, they're doing a podcast? They're going to do a podcast uh, with, using content, and Kelly Lynn is going to be uh, the dungeon master for that, which is very exciting. Kelly Lynn is very, very busy. She's very busy. Uh, then we have The Broken Pact, Sirens, uh, the, the Sirens, Tales from the Mists, Enter the Darkness, which is another wonderful group made up of a whole bunch of people uh, from the interwebs. Uncommon Trust, uh, which is Dungeon Mastered by uh, B. Dave Walters, uh, and Monsters and Fables, which has just debuted on oh, Facebook. I'm super really excited about this one. Right? Yeah, this it, sounds amazing. It's a cool mashup of like D&D and Grimm's Fairy Tales. Yeah, yeah, like this needs, this needed to happen. It's cool. I really I like it too. I want to play. Uh, they, it's been getting great numbers on Facebook so far. People Good. really, really dig it. Because so, uh, it's an shared, awesome shared concept. Wide. Uh, Hell Hath No Fury, and then uh, Nerd Poker. Our friend. That's exciting. Dan Telfer, Blaine Kapatch, who we had on the podcast uh, a couple months ago. They are joining with their entire cast, including Brian Posehn. Uh, and then, this is the, the Sunday evening time There's, entertainment. This is crazy. And this is why we're talking to Chris Funk uh, in just a couple of minutes. He's put together an amazing lineup of musicians to uh, kind of close us out. And it'll all be led by Dan Telfer as the comedian MC. Uh, we've got lots of community really? people who are going to be singing uh, and performing, um, in addition to uh, folks who are returning, like Library Bards, uh, which are fantastic, Bards of Greyhawk. The Mountain Goats will be there, as well as a new group called, well, not a new group, but a new group to me, The Magic Sword, uh, which are uh, going to close out the entire night. So that's it. I ran, th- I ran through it, it all. That is Incredible. That is incredible. This is like a combination of like a gaming convention and Lollapalooza. I didn't even mention the, the, that the fact that people will be gaming. Oh. You want to talk about that? People will be gaming. They'll be playing. Playing in a D&D epic. That's right. Which is amazing. Yeah, I've been talking about right. it, so you, you can talk about it now, right? Well, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> They're playing in a D&D epic. That's Which is, right. Like really super cool. What is your uh, conception of what a D and D epic is? So everybody's spot. playing the same adventure, and they what they do kind of informs what happens in the adventure. Kind of like a legacy D and D game. I don't know. I 
I've never got to play in one, but I, I've seen them played, and I always hear people screaming. There's going to be lots of screaming. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be 20 tables of people playing D and D with 20 DMs, but there's going to be like an Uber uh, DM that's kind of running the whole show for the entire room, is not that, just your individual thing. Do we? Know, I know who that is. Yeah, go ahead. It's Chris Lindsay. Chris Lindsay playing Mert. Mert. Uh, but a special new costume for Mert the Money Lender. Is it like a like a summer like Mert's summer attire? Cause, Perhaps. Because that other costume is gorgeous, but it's like it was very hot, sweltering for sure. I'm assuming it's going to be hot in LA, right? I mean, you know, it's 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 temperatures like no hotter generally. than Seattle. Though. No, I know Seattle's basically Seattle's like, like LA this week. The third level of hell right now. <laughs> Woo! Exactly. Uh, so that's going to be exciting. A lot of the people who are uh, coming are uh, interested in doing that. And then we have our vendor area that will have oh, yeah. 14 yep. of our partners selling all types of uh, so you can and showing off. buy stuff. There. You should buy yep. stuff there in addition to. And then our swag bag has got like 26 items in it. And this is for people who purchased a ticket. That's right. To who, come we're to the coming event. there for a three day badge. Uh, and they're getting a whole bunch of stuff, including Ghost of Saltmarsh, which is coming out May 21st. So they're getting like an early release copy of Ghost of Saltmarsh. That's awesome. In addition to all type of crazy, amazing Dungeons & Dragons swag God. you can't get anywhere else and stuff from our partners. It's, it's going to be off the, uh, I don't know, you're, I think the, book, the bag might break. Even though I made sure to get really sturdy bags. It's probably going to break. It's probably going to break. It's going to burst. Burst. Marketing people burst. love bursts. Got to get that burst in there. Uh, so uh, I really quickly mentioned Ghost of Saltmarsh. It is coming out May 21st. Look for two covers. One is standard and is amazing, and you'll find it everywhere, including at our friends D&D Beyond, Roll20, Fantasy Grounds. You'll be able to buy, purchase it digitally from there on May 21st. But go into your local ga- game store, and you can get a special alternate cover. And it's gorgeous. Which is uh, got a, a snarling Sahuigan Coming at you. Sahu again. Sahu again. We should do a D&D spelling bee. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, spell annihilation. You know, when we did the stream of annihilation, yeah. I had to write annihilation a lot. Many times. And it, I never really got good at it. Mm-mm. I also Me have neither. a problem with the word initiative, which initiative I also is hard. write a lot. Initiative. Like, yeah. you have to really kind of sound yeah. it out. Yeah. yeah. But that's a good idea. All right. So... We've, we've got lots Next of year. show ideas. We're going to do Dragon Sings. We're going to do D&D Spelling Bee. Yep. I mean, why don't we just call it Spelling D&D? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then we'll get uh, Kelly Lynn D'Angelo to write the musical. Spelling Love D&D. It. We can have um, B. Dave Walters host our Spelling Bee. So it can be <laughs> D&D Spelling Bee with B. Dave Walters. <laughs> done and done. Okay. <laughs> All right, we should kick it to our Lore You Should Know segment. Yeah, and then afterwards, we'll be talking to Chris Funk, let's. which is going to be great. We're going to get funky. Woo! Welcome to another segment of Lore You Should Know. I am Greg Tito, and I'm joined by Chris Perkins. Hola. How's it going? Great. We are here, as we do in many of these segments, to talk about little bits of Dungeons & Dragons lore that you can use in your game or just for your own edification. I love dumping my brain out. (laughs) <laughs> these things. It's Great. got uh, t- tendrils of brain matter all over these microphones yeah. uh, in addition to uh, the, you know, the other stuff we're talking about. Uh, so today is a very contentious subject amongst fiends. 
It is mm. the Blood War. Ooh, the Blood War. Uh, which I didn't. I, I don't think even before I started working here, I knew there was a name for this ancient conflict between devils and demons. Right? Yes. That's it in a nutshell. But wh- why? Right. Why do they hate each other? These people. These yes. people. These creatures. Um, because evil consumes itself. Oh. Um, it's like imagine. It's like every evil party of adventurers that you've ever had in D anD. d um, they're basically on a ticking clock, a countdown to self-annihilation. Um, <laughs> How th- can we screw this up more so? Right. Yeah. I, I, I have yet to see an evil party that can basically sustain itself in perpetuity right. without turning on one another and devouring each other. This is an amplification, I think, of that <laughs> very concept. Oh. Uh, the nature that in, in the primal universe, evil comes in many shades, but... You can't they, – they just simply cannot coexist for any length of time. Yeah. Now, the Blood War uh, kind of traces its origins back to one, one of the earlier editions. I think it first really came out in second edition with the Planescape setting. Hmm. And there, were, there was a product devoted to it and then uh, its, its name just started coming up everywhere. And it just sort of – I think the, the nature of the name by Blood War is evocative enough that people are sort of intrigued to learn more about it. Right. Um, like what, what, whose blood? Yeah. And some of them, sometimes I know they're a little bit disappointed when they find out that it's an evil-on-evil evil thing. Mm. Um, right. You because, think it has to do with, 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 you know, like a schism between races or something right. like that. Right. Yes. But what happens is uh, the abyss spawns an infinite number of devils constantly. And... Were there no powers uh, to in check to basically deal with that, devil demons would overrun the multiverse. Um, but Asmodeus and his devils, uh, who are exist in the lower planes as well, realize this is a, a problem for them, and so they have basically forged a bulwark against the demonic invasion of the multiverse um, because it doesn't serve Asmodeus's interests to let the abyss swallow up everything. Mm. Um, not when he wants to control everything. I guess, yeah, that's a fundamental difference between yeah. demons and devils is demons just, they don't, there's no thought of what's going to happen after they consume. No, demons are about something. entropy and annihilation yeah. um, and they have no will uh, to do much other than to consume and destroy uh, and they give no thought to what would happen if they actually succeeded. Yeah. Um, or they don't, if it is, they don't yes. care. Right. Their desires are insatiable and they have no sense of real consequence uh, to their actions. Um, and so, but devils, on the other hand, are all about uh, power, control, tyranny, servitude. And they lose everything if the abyss wins. Right, because um, they, they don't want everything right. to be destroyed. Right. The problem that devils have is they do not have a, a way to create new devils except through the acquisition of souls, the corruption and acquisition of souls. So in order to sustain their armies, they have to go out into the world and corrupt more mortals so that their souls go to the nine hells and become more devils. And so they're constantly facing attrition while the demons are just spouting out more and more and more of them. Yeah. Now, to their, one of the advantages that the devils have is that they're highly organized, regimented, structured. You know, they've got a pyramid 
structure, Asmodeus at the top, lemurs at the bottom, and a, a firm structure all the way up. Yeah. Whereas demons tend to be completely in disarray, disorganized. They often fight amongst each other. That bickering right. kind of makes it hard for them to defeat the organized forces of hell, even though they often outnumber them dramatically. Mm-hmm. So what happens is demons come swarming out of the abyss. Uh, they go up the river Styx, which bleeds into the first layer of the nine hells, which is called Avernus. And there these great battles are waged, for the most part. That's not to say there aren't other fronts, but by far the biggest front is Avernus. And that's where the right. And that's where the devils meet the demons head on. The devils raise their fortresses up along the river. They assail the demons as they come through, and they send wave after wave of marched souls and slaves and whatever else they got, uh, hell engines, out to crush the demonic spawn that have intruded upon their plane. And is this just a constant state of battle? If there yes, always yes. this wave after wave, huh? And never, and it on. never stops. It it never it's never ending. The demons are unrelenting. Um, so it is it is brutal, ambitious, and that's why Avernus, the layer, is just sort of littered with and and just sort of strewn with the ichor of slain demons and the destroyed hulks of you know infernal machines that the demons have torn apart, and then um, you know. Uh, sometimes, if the devils are really brazen, they'll be able to corrupt an entire city and drag the entire city into hell mm. and then convert all of those forces into legions they can throw at the demons. Like, right. there's just no yes. end to the ingenuity that devils will use in order to get people to fight their war for them. Yeah. But that's essentially the fundamental nature of the blood war is uh, the demons rush to destroy everything and the devils throwing themselves at the demons to stop it. Now, there are other wars fought against demons here, there, and everywhere, but on the, on the grand scale, there's really nothing to compare with the magnitude of the blood war. Interesting. Now, we have also mentioned Yugoloths before. Uh, I'm glad you brought them up. Yes, because how do they figure into, into this yes. conflict? So one of the, I mentioned that sometimes they'll drag a city in or something like that. Well, Asmodeus, crafty fellow that he is, yeah. um, lord of the nine, master of the nine hells, um, he recruits Yugoloths as mercenaries and soldiers and drives them in droves against the demons as well. So you will often find Yugoloth companies in the Nine Hells fighting Mm. battles alongside the devils or separate battles in the lair of Avernus. So even though by their nature Yugoloths are fiends that are neutral in the blood war, they will still just get the money and go wherever the money is. And there are some demon lords who will have Yugoloths on their side as well. Right. You know, if they they can round up something that the the Yugoloths want, would be a treasure or something else, they'll have Yugoloths on that side. And so you might have some Yugoloth on Yugoloth fights. Yeah. um, uh, Each of them paid by the other side. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of these ideas are so intrinsic to D&D itself. I mean, it's, it's really the idea of chaos versus order. Yes. Which is yes. really interesting to, to, to yeah. think about because it's not just, I mean, with both of them being evil, you know, there's not the morality. It's more of like the ideas of, of you know, uh, freedom, I don't, or, and, and yeah. not chaos, you know, but of, of regimented order and things like that. And those, mm-hmm. are, those are ideas that yeah. can the, the really blood, be powerful. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's a really good point to make. The blood war is not a battle between good and evil, it's a battle between law and chaos. And so it's unusual in that way. Yeah, um, it reminds me of uh, Michael Moorcock and those. That, yes, that's uh, very uh, much so. Vein of, of yes. writing that isn't the moralistic, romantic fairy tale that right. a lot of D and D can be, and it's more about what would happen if there was the yep. absence of morality. And just now you do to... see echoes of the Blood War on other planes, like for instance on the Material Plane in a city. 
you know, if there's a, a cult of Asmodeus operating out of Waterdeep, and they hear that there are demon lore or demon cults spawning up in the city, mm-hmm. you might basically see them throw down as well, um, because those demon cults represent an extension of the blood war. They could summon demons. And then suddenly you've got demons in the world to deal with. Yeah. Well, you'll often see diabolical cults of the Nine Hells come at them. And so a city might become embroiled in a blood war conflict between acolytes of the Nine Hells, devotees of Asmodeus, and the crazy demon-worshipping cultists. Right, because, I mean, if... if if the devils don't have those recruiting centers set up in places of population, then, you know... Then where are they going to get their souls? Where are they going to get their souls? Exactly. Right, exactly. So the demons, even though, you know, they, they can be a mindless kind of chaotic horde, they also right. have enough intelligent yes. people, uh, uh, fiends on that yeah. side to be and like, if hey, it, we need if to if stop a demon that. lord hears that, you know, uh, an entire city has fallen under the tyranny of a, you know, a king devoted to Asmodeus, and that whole city might be corrupt, the demons might want to destroy it. Right. Because there's, you know a million souls that will feed the armies that will come at them later. If we're going to pick a target, let's pick one that are the, you know, the, yes. the, the other side of the blood war has right. got control over. Yeah. 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 Why not? Um, that's interesting. So, uh, shifting tracks a little bit to out of the abyss, uh, where there was the demons. There was like the last time yes. there was a lot of, uh, uh, stuff written about demons, uh, in, in Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition. Uh, why didn't, uh, the devils get involved when the demons were rampaging through the, through the underdark? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, and actually, what we have talked about, this is a little behind the curtain peek. Yeah. It, when we were um, formulating the Out of the Abyss story, it was kind of part one of two. And the second part would be dealing with the, the devils and how oh. they respond. Okay. And the way we had sort of sliced it is the demons are boiling into the Underdark and all kinds of things going on down there. The second half of the story is the devils are trying to take over the surface. Mm. So you would have basically, you know, the plane of the world kind of serving as the barrier between these two evil forces. And uh, so one of the ideas we have is a story or stories that focus on uh, Asmodeus stepping up to the plate. Oh, I see. And saying, coming to cities in the Forgotten Realms, say, and saying, you know... You guys have a real problem. Um, demons have basically run roughshod through the Underdark, and they could boil up at any minute. I can help you with that. <laughs> I've got just the thing. I've got just the thing. <laughs> All you need to do is sign this mm. or you know, something like that. Right. So, but he's waiting for those demons to boil up. Right. Because as the pressure builds and the terror mounts, that's when he moves in as Mr. Nice Guy. And gets, uh, gets what he wants. So the answer to the, the question is why weren't they involved is because the player characters. Right. The player characters kept yes. the... They kept the lid on the pressure cooker. Exactly. But if they ever step away and go off and do other things like go to Chult or whatever, get right. dragged into Barovia, if the demons do come up, that's when Asmodeus is going to show up. And he's going to be a great All guy. Along. He's, he's going to be a wonderful, wonderful person. He's going to come in and, you know, he's going to solve all your problems for you. I, I love that you're getting at the characterization of devils in that way. I mean, that is such the quintessential yeah. thing is that like, hey, I'm a nice guy. Oh, yeah, we've I can always, help you. We've always described uh, with in 5th in edition, even though we haven't released much material about this yet, we often write documents that we keep in-house until such time as we have an opportunity to use them. Right. And we have extensive material on Asmodeus and his motivations. We've always described him as being the nicest most helpful person you'll ever meet in your life. He's the guy who's your, he's the ideal mentor mm. um, who 
owns the big yacht, who lives the partying lifestyle, but will do anything for you. Yeah. You know, and uh, there's no pretense about his 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 goodness or his generosity. He is generous. He is a nice guy. He is the nicest guy. Um, yeah, he rules hell, and yeah, he'll he'll take souls, but. That doesn't mean he's not a nice guy. Right. He's doing it for you. He doesn't really <laughs> right. want to do it, or at yeah. least that's all he puts forth until right. like, you anger yes. him or the temper breaks. Then you're like, all yes. right, well, right. all the cards are off. Exactly. Now. But yeah. initial contacts are going to be like, oh, yeah. yeah, why don't we just agree to that? I'm just going to sign this because mm-hmm. it's got a lot of good things going on yeah. in it. Right. Yeah. He'd rather see you fall to your own failings yeah. than, to be, than to push you off a cliff. Interesting. Right. Yeah. And so um, – you, you mentioned how there's that structure of like there's the him at the top and then the, 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 the ranks down below. Like how you want to talk a little bit about how those are defined and what that means? Um, yeah, essentially that uh, it's like a it's like a king in a court. Mm. Um, Asmodeus is the king. Um, often challenged, but has never been knocked off his perch. He has uh, dukes and Dutch archdukes and archduchesses underneath him that he appoints as stewards of the other layers of hell that he does not directly sit on. Mm-hmm. There are eight other layers. You see um, he's on the bottom layer? He's on the bottom layer um, called Nessus, the ninth layer of the nine hells. Mm-hmm. And he appoints vassals in the form of these archdukes and archduchesses to rule the other layers in his name. Uh, they must heed him or he will replace them as he has done on many occasions. Mm-hmm. And they have under them... These archdukes and archduchesses have dukes and duchesses and viscounts and counts and generals and, you know, commanders. And there, there's entire military structure under this nobility. Mm. And so it's feudalism. It's basically like... Yes, you know, it's like absolute the, feudalism. Yeah. And it's sort of purest, most avaricious form. Mm. And so there's constant political backstabbing, treachery. Uh, devils trying to rise through the ranks by seeing their graders fall and right. embarrass themselves. Interesting. Uh, and then you've got the armies, and they're sort of the dregs of, of diabolical society who are basically consigned to serving a function in a force, and they really don't have much opportunity for ascendancy unless a devil sees something in them. Mm. A higher-level devil sees something in them and promotes them. And then they transform. A devil will transform into a higher form if it earns a promotion. Oh, okay. And it's just an automatic, like, right. okay, because you are yes. of this rank, you so are an of this So an Aranese devil, for instance, who are these marshals um, who sort of control large forces on the battlefield, mm-hmm. they can be promoted to, I believe, the next st- stage up is ice devil. So they are physically transformed into this giant insectoid reptilian Interesting. devil right. that has more power and clout within this feudalistic society. Cool. And then, in contrast, the demons is basically flat organization, right? Where it's all the demon lords are on the same plane of... Uh, I mean, they, we kind of say Demogorgon is above. So, they... Demon lords are kind of measured in terms of their raw power. Okay. Um, they, the abyss has created... The, there's, there's little rhyme or reason to how power is distributed throughout the abyss. Some demons are created to be immensely powerful and some just minor things. These immensely powerful ones will kill other demons and whatever it takes to crawl their way to the top and other demons will serve them out of fear right. of being having their little bones crushed. 
um, but there's no greater structure and there's no singular being at the top who's calling the shots and sending demons here, sending demons there. Every demon lord's got his own shtick, his, her own flavor, her own desires, her own form of entropy. Um, yeah. And they kind of all go off and do separate things and never consult with each other. And if they encounter each other, they're probably going to fight until one of them gets killed. Yeah. Um, devils, it's much more political. Right. They, they will do that same thing, but they will do it behind your back. Yes. Yeah. You won't know when it's coming (laughs) (laughs) for the most part. Now, there are – we're sort of straying a little bit, but there are some weird birds out there. Um, The demon lord Grazit, for instance, is peculiar because he was a devil. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. He was a devil who tired of not – he felt like he wasn't being recognized by Asmodeus. Uh Uh-huh. So – um, when he was sent into the abyss to slaughter demons in Asmodeus' name and take the fight to the demons, he decided, you know, I'm much happier here. I can mm. carve out my own domain here, beat these demons into submission, and basically rule my own layers of the, the abyss. And he's basically conquered three layers that way. And so he, he is a devil who basically transformed in a way or was transformed through his exposure to the abyss into a demon lord mm-hmm. and has now nested himself there forsaking Asmodeus forever. And Grasset is also the... Uh, he's always pictured as like a male seductor. Uh, of, yeah, uh, he's this ebony-skinned, horned right. um, being with cloven hooves, six fingers on his hands. Oh, so that's where and the cloven hooves comes from, is kind of the, 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 the devil that's yeah. left. But if, still. If, you, if you look at him, you would think devil. Uh-huh. Um, his bearing, the way he thinks, is very not demon-like. Got it. Um, but, Interesting. But he, he has survived in the abyss and probably will for the foreseeable future. Nice. All right. Well, I like all these ideas. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I feel like there's ways to infect uh, all of this into any kind of game that you're playing as far as yes. you know, there being a, a, a cosmic battle uh, going mm-hmm. on beyond the, the realm of, of yeah. the uh, player characters. There's always something to kind of allude to just in yes. like, broad strokes. Or just this idea that you know, there are demons at the gate and Asmodeus or one of his vassals shows up and offers a way to keep them at bay. Right. But the price you have to pay may be too great for your soul. Yeah. Some really cool ideas there. Yeah. As well, I mean, I just like the cosmic of like, oh, that's always happening in the background. Maybe right. we won't even experience it, yeah. you know, in this campaign or this story. But there's yes. that idea that like, you know, you know, Michael fighting the devils, you know, the Mark, Michael the Archangel yes. kind of, you know. You feel another like another infernal that. iconoclast um, uh, that uh, we hope to um, talk about more in the future is Zariel. She is the archduchess of the first layer, mm-hmm. the, hell, the layer of hell that's always under siege by the demons. Right. She used to be an angel. Fallen angel story. She's a fallen angel story. Mm. So just like Grast is a sort of a, a fallen devil in a way, yeah. she is a fallen angel. It's, it's, a rare, it's, a, it's sort of a rare glimpse into how the angelic, the upper planes, yeah. view the blood war. Because the blood war is mostly playing out down in the lower planes, and it's been more or less confined there, thanks to Asmodeus's efforts. The upper planes have been more sheltered from this, and most angels are like, you know, we're happy leaving that fight down in the lower planes. Zariel is one who wasn't. Mm. Um, and then she got corrupted. Y- yes. Right. Yeah. She signed. She signed one of those those contracts. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's, that's another topic. We should, it seems like another topic. We should jump into the upper yeah. planes because I didn't even realize how they were interconnected to right. so much. Yeah. So, 
so yeah, that's tons of fun stuff. How can people uh, ask you questions? What's the best way to get in touch with you, Chris? I am on Twitter at Chris Perkins DND. Awesome. Uh, you can ask me any questions about lore or anything about Dungeons and Dragons at Greg Tito, uh, and of course go to. Uh, your local game store to pick up a copy of Out of the Abyss if you want to find out about de- uh, Demon Lords, all the ones that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's definitely a lot more information about them there. Yes, yes. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. We'll be back with another Lore You Should Know next week. Well, I feel like I know about 14 more things after uh, listening to Chris. Yep. Yeah. I got about eight. Eight? I already knew some of them. You were taking some, some furious notes over there. Copious, I believe, is the word. Well, but you're, they were angry notes that you were taking. <laughs> you're like, That's wrong. No. Again. <laughs> Never knew that. <laughs> I hate not knowing things. I know, but Especially now we, when it's lore, I should know. You should know it. It's in the name of the segment. It's right there. I know. Right. But now you know, I know. You know what we should know? Now? Chris Funk's phone number? Chris Funk's phone number. <laughs> Let's call him up. We have Chris Funk joining us from his electronic iPhone. Yay! Hello. And Hello. he's underwater, very... it looks like. Yeah, I'm in a blue room. The blue and the way that your hand was flowing. <laughs> yeah, I'm swimming. I'm swimming. You are like oh. in theme with, with Salt Marsh. I am in the Salt Marsh right yep. now. That's right. Nice. I've fallen off the boat. Is that what Portland's called now? The Salt, the salt Marsh. marsh. <laughs> it's the Salt Marsh. Yeah, we've we've given up on coffee and donuts, and we're into uh, in food carts, and now we're into the Salt Marsh. I like and it. Fight, fighting creatures in the deep. I'm in a lobby right. to change. Say, yeah, make it happen. <laughs> make it happen. How's it going cool. down there? You've been. You, I know you've been busy uh, recording a lot of music. Yes, we are recording music here in the Pacific Northwest. It's alive and well. People still want to hear music, supposedly. And um, yeah, I'm I'm speaking to you from my studio here in Portland, Oregon, and um, where I produce, where my band, the Decemberists, uh, recorded our record and have a great studio down here and um, have lots of artists visiting. I have an artist in town from Taiwan right now who's Ooh, recording what? here. It's been really fun. Yeah, her name is Joanna Wang. And she's fantastic. How does so. this happen? Artists just say, I want to come record in your studio? Or yeah. Do you put out it, a call? Like, I have a studio. Need artists. I don't know how they come. I mean, Joanna came through a friend, uh, through, through people in Los Angeles. But I have, I don't know. I think, like, I have a, I'm a, I'm a producer as well oh. as a musician. And so sometimes I produce uh, for people here. And then sometimes they come and record. So. It's just sort of all over the map, just kind of like doing this for a long time and making friends along the way, you know, much like the gaming industry, I suppose you sort of yeah. fall into it and off you go. But It's like all the entertainment industries, they're like little pockets and mm-hmm. there's, there's Venn diagrams of how they all yeah. intersect. Can I ask been, you, oh, sorry, go on. No, go ahead. I was just going to say that it's been interesting to, you know, with my band having launched a game and um, coming in really strongly into the gaming world, it's very similar to the music world. It's very supportive. Like you make friends for life through, um, you know, which I know is a repeating theme in Dungeons and Dragons, but it's also true in music. You just, these are all, you know, you just find your people and it's, it's great to see that in, in gaming as well. Resemble yeah. the music community. Yeah. It's like must like the art is like a common thread or something that puts, brings people together. Yeah. I can, Absolutely. You know? Yeah, then that brought us together. The first time we spoke was for Illimat uh, that you uh, made with Keith Baker. I was, and we were trying to think. That's like two years ago, wasn't it? It was two years ago, yeah. 
Yeah. It was pre, Greg said it was before we started live streaming these interviews. That's true. That's Back right. in the dark ages. Yeah, I know, right? It's hard to remember, but it was. We were just yeah. a podcast then. It moves, it moves quickly. <laughs> now we've won all of the potties. Yeah. This is a potty <laughs> award-winning show that you're on right now. <laughs> oh, I did. Oh, awesome. I mean, the competition me, like, is stiff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, you and I have been talking over the uh, last couple of months about putting together the music for D and D Live 2019, The Descent. That's right. That's right. I'm really excited to do it. I'm excited to sorry um, use music and gaming whenever I can and be a part. You know, using my musical acumen, quote unquote. And I say that with tongue in cheek a little bit, but um, anytime I've I can bring music into the gaming realm. Um, obviously, very excited about that. Huge fan of D and D. Have two games going currently, and um, oh, nice. yeah. So I'm just you know meeting you all and kind of getting to peek behind the curtain of D and D is is just kind of unthinkable to me, honestly, being a longtime player. So yeah, I was I'm I'm very excited about this event, and um, it's going to be fantastic. What uh, so so you're going to be playing as well as putting this all together, right? That is correct. So, um, yeah, I will be. Um, I'm. I, I dawned on me the other day as we were emailing Greg that I'm. I'm like I'm the D and D Paul Schaefer of this of this moment, maybe <laughs> at, at my best. Um, nice. And I said that with great respect. Uh, <laughs> the Bardish Paul Schaefer, and um, yeah. Uh, sorry, someone is calling me on my phone. I'm doing this. It's very unprofessional. Sorry, everyone. Um, All good. Um, and. Yeah, I guess it was like for the descent. It was to have a, a a musical moment, a celebration, and have music that maybe vaguely touched in the world of D and D, but also um, was just good music. So I think we have a, a a good combination of both. Some people that are what I would call friends and family of of the brand of the game from your all your world, and then people that I'm excited about, and um, it's it's going to be great. Yeah. Talk a little bit about uh, uh, you know because uh, Cardioid was one of the 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 groups that that you brought to the table and they I got to see them here in Seattle and they were they were awesome yeah yeah Cardioid is a band from Los Angeles um, it features Lizzie Ellison who is a also identified as a longtime Portland musician she had a band called Radiation City and Cardioid is her um, new project and she was actually making a record here when this all started and I mentioned. Uh, this event to them in, as we're recording, and she was like, "I want to do that." Can I dress up? And I was like, "Okay." Wait, is <laughs> she like, a D and D player, or she just thought the event sounded cool? She has not. I don't think she's played D and D, but she wants to. And she, her. Let me just say this: her. She wants to call her album "Fantasy Metal." Oh, <laughs> so I, I was like, "Okay, that. yeah." She speaks fantasy. I'll say that. So um, they're very, very excited to do it. So Cardioid is. It's basically. Um, I would describe them as um, mate, amazing uh, vocals led uh, led by Lizzie Ellison with a, a really powerful rock band behind her. Um, so her, we just finished her record, and yeah, they're going to be great. They're going to sort of be the house band, accompanying, um, uh, backing up some other people, augmented by myself on the um, on the guitar and maybe something else too. So they're band number one, and. Um, should, should I just go on the line here? Yeah, yeah I want to hear. I'm excited. Great. Yeah, great, great. Um, we have uh, the Mountain Goats, which I'm very excited about. So John is coming. And um, obviously you guys have a relationship with him. Um, 
And I'm a huge longtime fan of the Mountain Goats. Um, he'll be playing and backed by Cardi and myself, I believe, as well. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. Uh, we have uh, the Library Bards, who do some pretty on-the-nose, as you can imagine, D&D-centric <laughs> music that I'm really excited about. Uh, we have Jason Charles Miller, who most nice. people watching this should be familiar with. Um, he's going to play, which is great, because I've known Jason for a while, and I'm excited to play some music with him. Um, the Bards of Greyhawk, probably not very D&D-centric music. Just kidding. Yeah, very they got nothing to do with the brand. <laughs> Total no, coincidence. They're not excited about Saul Marsh at all. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, uh, Benjamin Looms, we, uh, Greg, you can probably speak more to what, I don't want to ruin the surprise of what he's doing, but yeah. he's a, he's a, a of Yeah, he is the owner and uh, kind of, you know, composer and and uh, uh, creator of all of Sirenscape. So the app that you can use to, uh, uh, as a dungeon master, very quickly be like, all right, we're going to be in this tavern and push a few buttons and you feel like you're in that tavern. Yep. We have recorded, uh, Shelly and I, some of the vocals and uh, sound effects. I think you were Easy screaming bar. woman. I was oh, crying wow. woman. I was laughing woman. Yes. I think I screamed. <laughs> I was also like a person in a tavern, which was like... That's also that's on the That's not nose. acting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> were you just talking about getting to happy hour yeah. uh, like about an hour like ago? An hour. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So, uh, so he, he's uh, uh, heading up that company, but before he did that... He was a opera singer, uh, and right. so I, I just happened to throw it him. I'm like, "Hey, do you want to do something?" Yeah, I'm, Chris Funk is putting together this, this these bunch of acts. Do you want to do you want to do something? And he was like, "Yeah, I can do that." And Ugh, yeah, he had so this cool. one idea, and I think it's really great. And I don't want to spoil it either, but I think it's going to be yeah. really great. Yeah, and Sirenscape is great. I, I use it on one of my games, and um, I'm as I meet him for the first time, I'm going to be vying for a job, and we'll be leaving the United States to go work for his company. I hope so. <laughs> No. Well, I want to make music for D&D all day. Is the stuff that he does with just like a sound, the way he can distort it and turn it into something that like from the D&D world. Like yeah. it could just be any little normal sound. He just does amazing things. Yeah, on it's, the fly. The, on the fly, it's yeah. The, it's the best um it's the best soundscaping, underscoring and music I've heard. Uh, there's been a few people try to do it and I, it's if people are watching this you should you should you should grab it. It's great. Yeah. yeah um, so so Benjamin's coming, and then um, last, I believe, last but not least, we have a band called The Magic Sword, who mm. I'm very excited about, who are from Boise, Idaho, and I would describe them as fantasy daft punk. So they will be ending <sighs> the evening to amazing. really take the party over the top, and um, I, I encourage people to hop on YouTube or go to their website and check them out. But it's going to be. Um, the, the way the room is going to look from what I've seen from the way the band looks, it's going to, it's going to be fantastic. So yeah, yeah. I can't wait for that. So too. how did this work? What, like, did you go to Chris and ask him to help curate this? Did Chris, did you go to Greg and say, I have this idea. I want to be involved. Like how, how does this, how'd this right. come about? I, I mean, I think because I've become friends with so many people at, at, um, at wizards that, I'm always like, hey, if you ever need help with music, uh, <laughs> don't forget about me. And um, Greg had, had approached me and said, hey, we've got an event. Do you want to help? Greg um, did not forget about you. I did not. He did not. Thank you, You Greg. can't say that to Greg and not expect him to call you. Yeah, right. He will. <laughs> don't you forget about me, Greg. Um, <laughs> don't you. Exactly. Uh, Simple Minds will also be playing. <laughs> Bringing the band back together. Uh, they might. They might be. Yeah. They could have been D&D &D players. And yeah, so what was your role and like how did you 
did you had to like gather up all of these people and try to figure out how they're going to perform during this event? Yeah, I think it was trying to find something that straddled the line between something that was on brand or on theme, if you will. So um, something like Magic Sword, but maybe not too on the nose. And then also people that were just, you know, Greg recommended some people that were friends who were musicians. You know, as always, um, we didn't want to have just a cast of artists that did not identify or play the game or whatever. So right. I think we have a good... A good um, sort of casting that wide here and, and um, yeah, we just sort of reviewed with Greg and chipped away at it, you know, and tried to see what was appropriate and what would really, to me, it's, it's, it's a, this moment is a celebration. It's an end of the weekend. Yeah. Um, so it's like, what, what would be fun too? You know, would we talked about um, because of the theme that I won't go too much into, but talked about for a moment of having like metal bands, <laughs> <laughs> which yes. has been, you know, made surfaces in D&D from time to time and just kind of realizing that, you know, it might just clear the room and not feel as fun. So, um, variety is good. Yeah. And having some variety and trying to have, trying to be diverse in our, um, selection of music, you know, realizing that I have a certain style of music I listen to, but also realizing I like all kinds of music and all kinds of people are playing D&D now and it, it should try not to exclude. So uh, there's a lot of mindfulness around that as well. You did send me that one one band that I was like, um, <laughs> you're it's very metally. <laughs> yeah, there was. Uh, it it might have been the sword. I think it was. Yeah, or I was like, the, yeah. I, I respect the musicianship, but I was yeah, that that was it was the the thought that you had too. And I was like, I think that might end up, you know, uh, uh, yeah, either every, I, half the people will be headbanging and not paying attention, or or you know, vice versa. Yeah. Because there is, because we are in a, a studio, so there's a consideration of the people there that we want everybody to have fun and not have their ears blown off. So I think the sword would be great for your game at home, yeah, to underscore your game, but maybe not for our event this like time. This. Yeah. <laughs> and then, if, so. I mean, we also have uh, uh, Dan Telfer, a uh, comedian, who will be uh, kind of guiding us through these different acts. You know, we, this is right. all going to be live streamed. It's going to be different than a, a concert yeah, per se. So there's, you know, a normal ebb and flow of a concert has some downtime on stage, and that's kind of okay. But because this is going to be on, in front of a camera, we wanted to, to kind of keep the entertainment level up and going. And so uh, Dan, who is the uh, Dungeon Master and a comedian from um, uh, uh, Nerd Poker, uh, he will be kind of tying the you know between these two the, these acts as they go between things and showcasing some of the fun cosplay I think that will be on display. Oh, very nice uh, for uh, for the whole weekend. So yeah, you're right. Like it's my my goal was always to make it a celebration of like all right, we're done. This is it. Uh, uh, everybody yeah. love Dungeons and Dragons and and uh, go forth and conquer. <laughs> yeah, and I and I love that it is indeed live and it's streaming. It, it kind of it feels old school somehow to like you know actually stream something live and you know kind of frankly have a little bit of pressure to perform that's when stuff is always it'll it'll when it goes right it's great and when it goes wrong it's it'll probably be fun too <laughs> hopefully it won't are right. you the type of i always had friends who were musicians who uh he would they would be like talking about like the show and i would go and i'd be like oh my god that was so awesome and then he'd be like oh man i screwed up on the end of that song and this guy messed up the timing there and he would just like recount all of the ways that it screwed up are you like that when you're when you're performing yeah i mean with our band, I think our songs are, are, you know, we're not a jam band. There's not a lot of room for improvisation. So it's pretty, it's, I don't want to 
call it pop music, but it follows pop music in the sense that it's like three minutes. And, and when, when, when the songs aren't three minutes, they're, you know, more of the epic side of the Decemberist, right? So all this to say, we also grew up listening to the replacements and mm-hmm. bands that um, probably got a hall pass because they did some drinking. You know, I think we identify as a rock band. So in that, we allow ourselves some flexibility, which makes it fun. So yes, we make mistakes, and yes, there are times where you might look at get a glance from somebody on stage, and they're like, "What are you doing, dude?" <laughs> <laughs> Bring it but, back. Yeah, but it's sort of like it is sort of like baseball that this that you know it's really about like touring is kind of you know it's a long season, so to so to speak, yeah. right? So, um, and that's why you go see a band is to share in that moment with them or see them live or and. You know, it's not always going to go perfectly, um, and that's. I think that's okay. That's that's part of um, that's part of the experience. You know, it actually sounds an awful lot like Dungeons and Dragons as well. Right. That's it is right. a long season. Your game that's can right. go on for a while, and sometimes things don't go as planned, and sometimes you get that same look from a person right. across the table. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why did Why did you cast that spell? <laughs> And dungeon masters need to be flexible. If someone's not going to turn left and they want to turn right, they better be prepared to, to yeah. improv there. So, yeah. right? That was my downfall. <laughs> that was my one-time DMing That's downfall. That's exactly what happened to you. <laughs> go left. Go left. Go left. That's right. I didn't know what was right. Do you DM or are you more of a player? I'm more of a player, but I DM for children. Oh. Uh, I DM my daughter and her friends. So I have a very forgiving audience. And, really? Um, it's really fun. Yeah, there's. Uh, it's actually three girls, age ten to thirteen, and then two of their parent and the parents of, of the other girls. I have a daughter, and um, it's great. They're so into the um, story and the fantasy, and we. Um, one of them is really into the being crunchy about numbers and statistics and characters, and, <laughs> but it's a lot of storytelling and just like talk about being flexible, like, you know, just letting, letting the stories run wild and, and, um, they're, they're a hundred percent and they love it. That is so cool. How, yeah. how long have you been DMing for them? For about two years. Oh, cool. And we're stuck in the, um, we're stuck somewhere in the yawning portal right now. I can't remember which level, um, and the sunless citadel they're stuck in right now. Um, and actually two of the girls came with me to Mexico and we popped out and we had a, uh, a Mayan setting for a moment, and kind of oh, went cool. off to uh, to some other areas. But it's it's really fun, yeah. That's very cool. And then as a as a player, I'm playing. I'm actually playing. I I'd never played the um, Curse of the Strahd, so we're deep into that right now with a lot of new players. And we play actually in this studio building. Um, oh, nice. And we have my friend Max. Shout out to Max. Uh, who's Go Max. Our, hey you know, Max. He's a um, an excellent DM. And um, and I'm starting another game on Tuesday as a player as well. So starting another one. Yeah, starting another one. And Why making not? a record, and then touring, <laughs> and then coming to D and D live, and then curating music yeah. for D and D live. D and D, you know, playing D and D is is the great escape. You know, it's the great relaxation. So it's not. That's I look forward to that. And all this other stuff, fortunately, is great relaxation too. So I'm very blessed to make records and make music, even though it is technically my job and touring a rock band and all these things it's a pretty cool but job. A pretty cool job it's still a, a feels like a job sometimes yeah. and then playing D never feels like a job so it's, I, I i wonder if that feels how that feels for you guys being on the other side of of that 
I mean, put, putting together <laughs> putting together a show like this can often feel like, oh my gosh, there is so many right. moving parts, but it's also really yep. exhilarating. I mean, it's not like, you know, uh, it's a one to one comparison, but I often do think of it like, oh, I'm dungeon mastering this event and making sure everybody you has are. fun and yeah. and getting their, their input and their thing. Like, it's not like I'm dictating everything. It's like it's all it's all a two way street kind of there. So um, that yeah. a part of it, I really enjoy. But there are definitely times where it's like, oh gosh, are we, are we really going to be just talking about D and D all day? Well, yeah, we are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's why me, me and Shelly talk about sharding as much as we can. Yeah, we like to <laughs> talk about potties and charts. <laughs> I didn't we also have goats. This is great. <laughs> we we follow all different rules. Who knows? I love your potty cast. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> we also, have, I mean, we have kids younger than yours, so I'm uh, a little bit jealous uh, of, of the ages that uh, your, your daughters are at. Mine are uh, eight and five at this point. So You'll get there. Yeah, very soon. We'll, I mean, we played a few times, but I want to get more on, a re- on the regular. Yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, like a Sunday morning doing that with your family is, you know, it's great. Like, I, like yeah. to have that opportunity is, is fantastic. It's our church. Sunday morning, D&D. Yeah. yeah. Do it. The and church. then, like, have Quinn. Can he play with, with of you? Of course Quinn can okay. play. Yeah. That'd be great. He'll, he'll do better if, if it's not us. So, um, yeah. so you're, you're going to try and uh, play some D&D while you're, while you're here for D&D Live, right? I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I wish I could talk about what it is we're going to be playing. But that's, that's, <laughs> Soon. And, and that, no. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very excited. Yes, I am going to do some playing. That's I'm looking great. forward to it. Yeah, always. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about it. There's so much to talk about. You're like yeah. you're like literally keeping your lips together so that you don't. I just want to say it. Spill the beans. Don't blurt it out. That's yeah. right. right. Oh. Okay. Um, did so it get really hot in here. It did get really hot in here from all the from all the <laughs> exhalation. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm excited too. I want people to be able to, uh, uh, experience everything that we're, we're planning and getting going at that. We're at that moment. We're like a week away where it's like, okay, you know, if it's something we've been working on and planning for so long and now I just want it to, to, to happen. Yeah, it is. Yeah. For those viewers at home or streaming, it is just sitting from my perch in the musical chair. It is a major undertaking that you, that you're on there, Greg. So Kudos to you, and and I hope already I hope already watches because it's it's I've seen the uh, yeah round of applause. Slow clap. Clap. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Shelley. It's going to be awesome here for you. Uh, it's going to look awesome. Yeah, and yeah. Good good job. I'm I'm glad that you guys are are doing this. It's awesome. I'm glad you're think, doing this. I think you should take it on the road. Yeah, that's not the first time. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I th- I love that idea of having like these little pop up events at different. Areas and cities, uh, you know, around the country, but then around the world. I think that would that would be really cool. You know, it, it, it yeah. was my dream to be a, a road manager. Really? Yeah, that's what I wanted oh. to do. So I can well, I can help you with that. Pass it off to her, Greg, and you yeah. can sit back and be like more of the creative director yeah. of the experience. Although, yeah, I was like in, in my twenties, so. <laughs> well, that's right. Cause you you were interning at Sub Pop. That's where you, before you started here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow! To, really? I just yeah, I just wanted to go on tour. Nice. Well, uh, it's never too late. It's not. I mean, I don't know what my kid would think, but do you like sleep? I do. See, I and I don't like. Yeah. I I'm like a nester. I like to have like I like to unpack, and so like in hindsight, yeah. I'm like I would have hated that job. Like I like to be yeah. in one place and plant roots, <laughs> unpack yeah. the stuff. It wouldn't have I been good should, for me. You should stay at Wizards of the Coast. Then, yeah, I think. better don't, sleep. Don't quit your day job. 
Don't quit your day job. You've got a good day job. I'm envious of it. It is. It's a pretty good day job, for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I, I know we've probably talked about this when we when we talked to you a couple years ago, but I don't remember your how you were introduced to Dungeons & Dragons. You said yeah. you've been playing for a long time. Yeah. I'm, I am uh, era Stranger Things. Uh, I'm, you so know, that resonated four- with you? In my forties, I'll say absolutely. I mean, I was I was that kid with the bull cut playing D and D, playing advanced D and D. Went to the hobby shop and just looked at those covers, mystified at how to play, and bought them. And my friends and I tried to play, and we had our neighbor who knew how to DM really well, and he was a, a few years older than us. And we played, we played a lot, and then um, kind of fizzled out through high school and actually played. Uh, in college, so played three, played three or three point five in college as well. Um, so I grew up in the Midwest, you know. So like the the ground zero mecca, even though I know D and D was far reaching in those eras, but um, I don't. know, It felt like maybe it's just me looking back. I, I feel like because I was close to Wisconsin or something that mm. it, we had more of it. I don't think that's true at all. I'm making that up. That's what I like to believe. I, don't know. I think it is kind of true. I mean, because we went to Gary Con and it yeah. definitely felt like. Um, there was just this concentration of people who at least knew about it a little bit yeah. more in the Wisconsin Midwest area because of advertising of Gen Con and all those type of things. Like it yeah. just felt like it was much more of the consciousness there. Yeah, yeah. And I, my family would actually, I, I grew up going to Lake Geneva, but not knowing that at all because there, you just couldn't get that kind of research or whatever. I would like right. look at it off the, the backs of the books, and but I never connected the two. You know that this vacation spot for people from the Chicago area um, was the ground zero for this game. I know, it's, it's so weird to <laughs> it think is strange. Yeah. It's so cool. Or once at one, at one time was ground zero. So, yeah, I don't, it was, it was a cultural movement then, obviously. We all know the story and it was a cartoon when I was a kid on television and whether you fully knew how to play or not because the rules now, I think, it's interesting like playing with my kid and her friends, they, they can, fifth edition is so great because they can just jump right in and, it can be a little crunchy and it can be a little mathy, but you don't need to you don't need to understand it all and get bogged down to have a, a great time playing it. So had we had fifth edition then, I would have been playing, you know, all those years. Um mm. it's so well done now. So good job. Huh. We'll take that. Right? Yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's us. That was yeah. us. Okay, thanks. Um, and I, th- I, think, I think also I think also the the all the adventures that are coming out are just fantastic too. There's so much material happening and there's mm. so much world building happening and there's you can just read about D all day and um and just enjoy it as like fantasy literature even but it's just so much more than these like three page booklets with obscure <laughs> adventures and kind of bad statistics you know with like a really cool cover <laughs> so yeah yeah I, it's 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 come a long way i've um, heard a lot of people but, say recently too of like oh it was in its heyday in the 80s um, uh, you know, kind of, kind of what you're talking about. It was a, it was a cartoon. Yeah. And it was all these things. But I, I wonder. I mean, we, we're looking at you know numbers of sales and things like that, and we're like, oh, I, I, we're pretty sure it's it's right now surpassing some of those sales numbers. But yeah. there's still that idea that there was this cultural uh, thing happening. But I wonder. Maybe you, you can speak to it a little bit. Is like how much of that is in hindsight? How much is that just from from people who are like, oh, you know, everybody knew about Voltron. But right, what, you know, right. did they really, or did we just talk about it in our specific schoolyard, and or like, did people know about D and D? Oh yeah, or, or, our worlds were much smaller then, so it might have. There was like only everybody. five channels, or you know, yeah. twenty yeah. channels. 
I think, yeah, I think now it's, to me, having, you know, when I'm able to access that same nostalgia, it feels like true nostalgia and not really under this understanding the game when I was young. So to me, it's like the game as a, as a board gamer, as an RPG lover, it's just so much more sophisticated and simple now. And it's been so well thought out and the level of no disrespect to the early writers and artists of D and D. And we all love the, you know, pencil drawings from neighborhood kids in Lake Geneva and whatnot. Like I, <laughs> I love them. Like I love it, but it's, it's, it's just, more real somehow to me and engages um, when I want a high level of fantasy, when I want to check out of my day and, and play a game for real, it's, it's more encompassing and it's more thought out while at the same time being really flexible again for people to improv and, and um, just have a fun night of creating a movie in your living room. You know, I, I think it's so much better. So I respect the nostalgia. I don't think, three was the pinnacle, you know, the, the, the ultimate moment of, or three, five was the ultimate moment of D and D. I understand why people like that, but mm -hmm. just depends which way you want to go. I still think you can make a game of five really crunchy and number heavy if you want, um, and develop it that way. But I, I just think the level of writing of the adventures right now, all the people you have there are, are doing a great job and they just, even watching, um, from the beginning of five when it was released, was it 2016 now? 2014. Uh, 2014. Oh my God. Um, just the level, the quality of writing has gotten better and the stories have got, are, are better. And it's just, it's great to see. And it's great to see you guys releasing so much material too. I think often we see RPG companies like sort of, you know, come out with guns blazing and then they sort of peter off and it's, it just seems like it's growing and growing. So that's funny you say the amount of material. Cause I think that was one of the, uh, 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 things that fans said back in 2014 was like, "Oh, you guys are only releasing three books a year." Yeah, you know, but I, <laughs> it, but those three books were very meaty, right? Like they were, you know, they they had like as you're saying, like Curse of Strahd's, you know, it's a 250 page book, and it's got all these things that can basically last you for two years if you're playing weekly. Yeah. Uh, so it feels less like the 16 page modules that that came out back in the day, and like the fact that we're basically releasing, you know, two to three years of content, you know, three times a year. Right. And I love all the, you know, the ancillary books, the, uh, the Volo, Xanthar, like uh, the Sword Coast, you know, it's, just, it's all of that stuff is great to have too to read and yeah. continue the world. And, and if you want to, you know, play in the Forgotten Realms, I think it's fantastic, which I do. Excellent. You know, yeah. Have you ever been to GaryCon? I haven't. I, I feel I like you should go. Could. I'm going to go. I put it on my calendar every year and then um, life takes over. Yeah. <laughs> literally, I, it's I, I put it on my calendar every year. I'm going to go. I will go next year. I feel like I've missed the window, though, where it was like, I imagine it being at like some Midwestern Red Lion or something, which tugs on my heartstrings greatly. And uh, maybe it still is. I don't know. I want it to be like that. And, um, I think so it is. I mean, it's awesome. the Lake, Lake Geneva Resort. Right. Right. That's where oh, okay, it is. Cool. I know where that's at. Yeah. It does kind of so. feel like it's just like they just take over the resort and there's it's like up going back in time old school yeah. i like that i mean i love pax i love the big festivals i love gen con but um there's something that feel and it, it's cool to see you guys engage now and see like satine you know the people that i consider to be like dnd rock stars uh <laughs> engaging you know because they're just actually great uh lovers of the game starting to go to that that festival but it's still or uh, uh convention yeah. convention thank you music 
gaming. Um, <laughs> so it still feels small to me somehow. And I don't know. I'm going to go. I'll go next year. I'm putting it down here, so I, I will go. Nice. You've said it publicly now, so yep. everyone. So it, yeah. it's out with to the universe. We'll tell. Uh, we'll tell. Lu- we'll tell Luke Gygax to send you a, he, send you an invite. I'm sure he listens. You to, can't turn him down. Okay. Hi, Luke. <laughs> he he would be very hard to say no to. Yeah, and then maybe I mean you know obviously uh, I like that I, we're bringing in music to D and D live, but I think there is much more crossover between music and D and D gaming at events like GaryCon or, or or anything that you know maybe that's part of it. You can do do a little celebration there too. I'm down. Let's do it. Maybe this is our our, our we're starting this tour right now it with D and D live, and then we'll go to all these conventions. You don't know what you got oh. yourself into, Chris, by saying yes Let's to Greg. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's get a tent. Let's like put a tent up. The circus is coming to town. Let's do it. So <laughs> when you were uh, that that kid playing in the Midwest playing D and D or learning how to play D and D, were you also a musician at that time, or had was had your interest I, in music peaked? Yes, I was playing music. I grew up. Um, man, where did it start? Um, my parent, you know, I went to, to Midwestern church and my parents were both singing choir. My dad was a great uh, tenor and um, never did anything with it, but still could make people cry in church. And he was a great singer. So wow. I, I think it started there, honestly, like going and listening to choir rehearsals and then eventually playing piano. And then my brother and sister were both older than I was by, by 12 and 15 years. So dipping into their record collection and then started really at an early age developing my own interest in music that I would describe as like new wave or punk rock just to be different from my classic rock loving brother. And, um, my mom always had a a Casio keyboard around the house. And I remember just trying to make like a Devo song happen on the Casio. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, and then eventually my parents pushing me to go into, you know, I'm a total band nerd. Um, uh, played in high school bands and jazz bands and all of that. So a uh, product of the, the, the Indiana public school uh, band programs for sure, um, which were great. But ever thinking that I could use, <laughs> like bring this into the RPG world? No, I know, never. that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, no, it's, it's fun. And it's fun to start thinking about that or in, you know, Sirenscape or thinking about other ways to engage music and, um, an RPG and, and Dungeons and Dragons in particular is is exciting. Do you so, uh, do you like playing bards when you're playing? Uh, I've, or? Never, I've never played a bard, but I'm going to roll up a bard next Tuesday and play a bard. I've wow. never played a bard. Yeah, it's never. not it's not fantasy for you. I know that's it's right. like playing a human. And people that play bards, you know, the bard gets the you know the piss taken out of the the character often and people swear by the bard you know people love bards so i'm gonna bard up bard up barding up you could do that you could be like the acrobat bard though you don't necessarily have to be the uh musician plucking away on a lute or something like that you can do right the oratory i want to bring a you know like a an instrument and jam at the table that's pretty cool that would be super cool yeah i've seen it done I'm, i'm into it I love um, I love how artists you know who are you know able to draw and do stuff and they bring that into the game and so I yep. love having someone who's actually able to play music like that just heightens the experience for everybody. It's very cool. Yeah, there was at at GaryCon. Greg and I got to go this year. I was in a game with Jason Charles Miller. Oh, and um, he actually wrote an original song. Of course, he did. Yeah, that <laughs> and then performed amazing. it at the table, and I was like. Oh. I can 
I can do voices. <laughs> like, I got nothing. I can I do hand literally signals. Bringing nothing to this table, <laughs> and he's just. Oh, let me just perform the original song that I just wrote for this very moment as my bard character. Yeah, yeah. it's like I would, I would classify cool, that as that's pandering for inspiration points. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, he Satine was our DM, and he wrote it for her. <laughs> See, so I hope she gave him lots of inspiration. Precisely. Yep. I just wanted to crawl under the table. Like, I'm not worthy of any of this. <laughs> You're like, I can make puppets. My face is painted. <laughs> I look, my face I got, is painted. I got cat makeup on because I'm playing a tabaxi. Nice. Awesome. That was that, was, that was good. I tried. You brought your charm. That's, I tried. That's very important. Yeah. What else? <laughs> awesome. I'm playing with a tabaxi right now. I'm not a tabaxi, but we have a tabaxi in our game. It's, it's, a, it's cool. I like it. I like the tabaxi. Mm-hmm. I liked the tabaxi too when I had a brother, a litter mate. Yes. Who then just <laughs> oh, abandoned me. Oh, where you split off from the party? We we had a uh, short-lived campaign that was run by Bart Carroll, who's right in front. It was his fault that we uh, uh, we stopped it. Uh, but we only did like three or four sessions, and then we were starting up another campaign. And, yeah, and, you and were... I brought her. I brought my tabaxi back, thinking that her brother was going to come too. And I made a different character. And he made a different character and would never tell me what happened to my brother. That's why oh my we, we got to go back to it. We got to get the, you know, figure out the story of what happened to Daryl Two Shoes. You actually gave Drunky, <laughs> Drunky Two Shoes has an excellent backstory now, though. That's right. She just wants to know what happened to her brother. There was two yeah, shoes, I, and now there's only one. That sounds like a mission right there. Right. Find Drunky Two Shoes. What do, do uh, what are the characters that your daughter and her friends are playing? I feel like Tabaxi's would appeal to ten year olds. My daughter, so Tabaxi did not exist until uh, until after we started that game, I believe. Um, she has a familiar that is a cat, actually. She's playing a <laughs> fighter. She, yeah, she's a, a human fighter. So she gets a familiar as um, a human. Because fighter? Of, I've allowed I've allowed familiars much to my chagrin because the familiars <laughs> are are like, take over the story for about a half hour. And you like, okay. are a good dungeon master. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like all right. That, that, that was a good dad uh, yeah. rubbing of the forehead, yeah. though. Like one one point of damage. You're never going to kill this thing with your familiar, okay? Um, oh. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. <laughs> we have, what else do we have? We have elf, gnome, um, barb. We have uh, kind of the classics, actually. Uh, they started actually with with um, the pre-gens that came with the... Um, Starter the, set. Oh, yeah. The set, yeah. And they've sort of modulated them, and I'm going to allow them to multi-class, multi-race, maybe even if that's possible. So, you're a good dungeon master. What can I say? Yeah, yeah. You got to please the people. Did you start with the, the Lost Minds Minds of Fandelver, and 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 then go on from there? We did. We did Lost Minds of Fandelver, and then we they entered the Yawning Portal, and they paid the money, and down they went, down the chute. So oh, nice. into the into the into the mountain they went. So. It's fun. Um, I think I could see them. I have yet to play um, uh, the uh, Dragon Heist Adventure, but I think we're going to try to slide over to that. So, well, being there in the Yanni Portal, that makes sense. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, but they really enjoy puzzles, riddles. So I'll I'll drop some in to the to the game as well. Um, Make a door overly complex sometime with some sort of riddle or something like that. So that's what they're that's their jam. They like that. They like kind of crowdsourcing the the solution for that. Yeah, themselves. and they actually 
really love killing things too, it turns out. So I have some fierce young women Good. in my iron. Yeah. Train them up. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that. So what are you going to do next year when this event, after the huge success of this event and you have musicians from all over the world calling you and saying, I want to be in it next year. I want to do it next year. I want to be at the D&D Live next year. Yeah. It's going to happen. Gonna say, we're going to do like Coachella and do a double weekender. Yeah. And Greg will um, never uh, see the light of day again. <laughs> are there Are there dogs being murdered back there? What's there's, yeah, is this a puppy here? mill? What, what's like, going on? <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a puppy mill here. There's dogs being murdered. It was actually a it was actually a sirenscape insert. Yeah, you pressed there. Could be one of the bands that are produce you're producing. Practicing. Yeah, it did yeah, sound yeah. a little Yoko Ono ish. Yeah, sorry. I have a new. I, have a new, I was very. I have a new puppy here. I'm wondering what's happening, but it sounds like it's handled. Yeah, it <laughs> totally of. sounds <laughs> like it's handled. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. It's okay. It's all good. I'm a great, great D and D father. Horrible puppy father. It turns out that is a that's a new whole new thing. Puppies, yeah. I think, are even harder. Yeah. yeah, that's why I like the old ones. They are. I actually, I have this dog. It's a shipper key, which is a small looking sort of, it looks like a, when it grows older, it'll look like some sort of wolf. Yep. I've, I know. Um, I, They're I, adorbs. You know that? Yeah. And I remember picking the dog up and just being like, oh my God, I haven't done this in so long. What have I done? Um, puppy, puppy land. Here we go. So. That is tough. It is. Yeah. I, I don't know how if I could, I mean, I just got past the stage with my kids of, of not having to clean up. Their yeah. excrements. <laughs> I don't want to do that for for anything else ever up again. In the middle of the night to like tend to them. Yeah, because you got to do that for puppies. They can't hold it. Oh yeah. Or the no yeah. biting. It's all. It's like kids all over again. Although I no did nips. see a video recently where it was like this little toddler kid with like a litter of like ten puppies that yeah. were all jumping all over him, and I was like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. It's not, it's not yeah. like that all the time. It's not like that all the time. Yeah, puppies will pee in your bed, folks, if you're listening right now. So just take it from Chris Funk. Puppies will pee in your bed. <laughs> Don't put them in your bed. They that's, like the that's the PSA we need to get yeah. out there. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Chris Funk, veterinarian. It's an important message. It's an important message the world needs to know about. Adopt you know, there's, a senior it's dog. It's funny. There's the tabaxi, which are obviously the, the cat people, but there are no like dog, anthropomorphic dog race yet oh. for, for, for Dungeons and Dragons. Like a wolf person. That would be cool. Well, yeah, I guess there's werewolves. But you can't play one. Uh, yeah, you? I mean, you could probably hack that together. You can hack I mean, it together, but not recognized yet. Chris would let but, you in his game. He lets anything let you. happen. <laughs> you could play the werewolf and have a human familiar. Yes. Oh my god, that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. That would be that weird. Strange, actually, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, maybe it's just a horror game you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So the humans of humans are subservient to the animal world. That sounds kind of cool. What's it like? Because uh, now I'm intrigued by this 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 game of playing with uh, uh, the the daughters and the adults uh, at the same time. Uh, what's mm-hmm. that like? You know, balancing those those two audiences. I guess you might say. Right. I think the well the the two parents are have never played before, so they're like kind of like trying to figure out numbers and whatnot. And then I think we just let the girls lead. Mm. Uh, and uh, in terms of like how the game is going to go is it going to be more combat heavy or more story heavy and for me it's really finding that they just they want to hear a lot of narration they want to hear a lot of descriptors they want to hear um 
uh, you know, like I said earlier, have more puzzles. So I'm sort of like always tailoring it to, to peak interest and keep interest. So I think all the parents were just excited they're playing and the, and the two other girls' parents are over the moon that they're playing. In fact, one of the, I just actually got a text yesterday that one of the younger daughters is writing a paper on Dungeons and Dragons for school. Oh, she's got the We're mood. so excited. Yeah, it's very cute. Um, so I think it's just, you know, sitting around a table, all five of us and, um, or six of us and playing is, you know, it's, it's the, the classic, you know, it's shared time. So um, the parents are, are happy that the kids are interested and we're all spending four to six. We, we play long games too. We'll do four to six hours. Oh, so, wow. Uh, really? Yeah. Everybody's they're Everybody's fully in. So um, it's, yeah, everybody's, everybody's happy. And you said they were new new players, so like, what uh, what was the what was the learning curve like for them? Was it reluctance and then acceptance, or, or what? Yeah, no, I think because I just plunged people in, and I was like, "Don't worry about. I'll just tell you when to roll, or I'll tell you what to do. Just focus on rolling the d twenty and like what what it is you want to do, and sort of just simplifying it. And as we went along, you know, eventually they're buying the books and they're starting to read on their own and kind of wow. so. I think really when you have new players, it's just getting people playing as quickly as possible. Um, I think doing it the old way and like rolling up a character, you know, actually rolling a character up is is important, even though, again, we use the pregens. But I think that's fun because you get to understand what all the statistics do and mm. are for. And then yeah. it's overwhelming. And then you say, hey, let's pull back and let's talk story. You know, let's really make this about the story here. Nice. So there's some really good books for them coming out, the Young Adventures guides that oh, are actually cool. tailored for a younger audience. Oh, awesome. And they're just there's ones about monsters, creatures and monsters. Creatures and monsters. Warriors. And, uh, w- uh, uh, wow, that's why I have uh, this document. Anyway, they're coming out, I think, <laughs> next month or in July. Weapons and oh, Warriors. Weapons and Warriors. And then there'll be a couple more coming out in the fall. That's right. Um, oh, awesome. And they're awesome. Jim Zub uh, wrote those. And it's just like pulling the key information from all of the the lore that's out there and just uh-huh. distilling it into like one page, like about a beholder and this is where beholders live and this is the kind of thing they do and how to fight a beholder. What do you need to know about a beholder? Awesome. Like it, I find it interesting because I'm still yeah. learning so much about D&D that this is like, oh, perfect information. Size. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of adults that will want to read that. Frankly. Yes, for sure. I mean, and why not? That's great. Yep. Yeah, it's about in- introducing the concepts, like in a way that that the player's handbook doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is interesting looking back to when I was a kid and with the material at the time, which I think everybody would agree is respectful. And I say this respectfully, a little. It, it was dense, and it was, and you know, always a work in progress, right, to the next edition. Um, and uh, and looking at the books now, I mean, I think a kid has to be like you know a good reader and r- truly interested to make it through the player's handbook. Um, uh, but that said, I think it's well written enough that you could read certain you know the first few pages. But having something that was for the the player who was like five years old or something or to six years old um, because they're out there, you know, uh, and just kind of get them immersed in the world and, yeah. and hook. And is is awesome. So I'm glad, I'm glad you're doing that. Start them young. Yeah, start young. That's right. So do you have any more games that you're working on outside <laughs> of D and D? I don't, my my daughter and I actually have a game um, that we we've, we've actually kind of been working on. It's a it's a game that is uh, 
I don't know if I'll ever finish it. I have another friend who's a game designer who has sort of tasked with taking what we came together with and see if we can actually kickstart it and put it out. So, That's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. It started with us, she and I, a few years ago. It was themed witch, a witch game. Oh, I already like it. I love yeah. witches. Sort of a um, a quick battle game, basically. So it's like villagers versus the witch. Mm. Um, which is up for debate if that's, you know, maybe should be a hag instead of a witch or a warlock. But we'll get into that later. But <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, no, no Decemberist games currently, unfortunately. Um, maybe some expansions for um, Illimat coming out, but mainly making records right now. I mean, it's not like you're not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're busy. Yeah. I get I it. I felt stressed. I should have something to, to show for that question. <laughs> You're doing other things. Yeah, I, I do like I do like this witch idea though. I do too. Right now, I hope, who who is the, who is the designer that you uh, threw to? Is it someone that we know? Um, I've thrown it to a couple people, and um, you might know one of them. Uh, and basically, just gotten feedback at this point, and kind of got on a schedule to actually sort of realize it and kickstart it. And then my band went on tour, mm. so shelved it. And I think I think we'll start working on it again in the fall because I think it has legs. Nice. It's, I, think it, I think it'll work. We were we were wondering about the uh, the Keith Baker Portland uh, connection, so that's that's what I was wondering about. I mean, he's a busy guy. He's he got his own guy. stuff, and you you know, he's got some stuff here and there that you might know about, you might not know about. Um, but he's you know he's got his own company, and he's um, since I'm not saying because we worked with him, but it seems like there's a few bands poking around with him now too. Which is so <laughs> oh, he's going to be it's the totally because you worked with him. What are you See, this about? is what's going to happen with D&D Live. Guy. Yeah, that's starting right. a trend. Live Nation is going to be calling you guys any minute. I'm telling you, if oh, Def Leppard or Motley Crue says they want to come, <laughs> you're signing them up. Nice. They will be there. The dirt. How do you feel about Live? Oh, White Snake. Oh, White Snake. Yeah. Okay, I I defined Shelly's threshold for hair metal there. So right, right. I do have a threshold. I'm not, I wouldn't <laughs> turn them away, but like right, it's I, not. I, I, it's not like you go on tour with them or anything. I would not be their tour manager. <laughs> Skid Row, yes. <laughs> Wait, are they still around? I don't know. I'm sure. Eighteen in life. Eighteen in life, baby. I remember sure my friend. It's total diversion, but. I think it was like Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Like Sebastian Bach was oh, in yeah. it. He was the lead in it. I remember that. She got oh, me wow. tickets because it was coming to Seattle. And we were like, this is as close to Skid Row as we're going to get. And nice. he got kicked off the tour like the day before. He oh, did something no. stupid. Like I think he like peed on stage or something. Or like he oh, he like mimicked peeing on stage. I don't know what he did, but they were like, no. You and cannot improv with this religious show. <laughs> Yes, went, especially not that. full rock mode. And then she, rock her, mode. yeah. So he's yeah. like, I'm in New Haven. I'm I'm Jim Morrison. <laughs> like three days later, he's coming to Seattle. I'm like, God damn it! Jody right. and I went to the show, and we were like, Oh, this is supposed to be Sebastian. This understudy stuck. You're not Sebastian, Brock. but anyway, I digress. I know, right? <laughs> well, maybe maybe we can get him to come back, and he'll do a musical for us. They could have played D and D. You don't know. You don't know it's what true. their childhoods see- were like. I want to see Shelly's uh, shortlist next year for the hair metal people oh, or the metal people. I'm and we're going gonna, to, one of them will just, will come from down from the ceiling singing right to you, Shelly Man's Noble. I will die. I'm saying, here. I'm dying. Yeah. Nice. You're okay. making a lot of promises. And, and it's I, also I'm, cool because you just invited me to D&D Live next year. So I'm going. Nice. You're in. <laughs> you are in. 
Well, I can't yes. wait. This is, I can't believe this is happening so soon. Uh, it is going to be super fun. Thank you so much for all of the work you've been putting together really? to, to help uh, make this music performance at the end of it really, really sing. <laughs> Thanks for uh, including me. Oh, you're yeah. included forever okay. now. Awesome. I'm in. You signed Let's a pact. Uh, how can people find out about what you personally are doing, all those crazy projects uh, that you're talking about? Oh, my God. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't have. I have a website that's sorely not updated. I don't know. Follow me on Instagram at Mr. Chris Funk. I, I'd say Instagram's best way. Yeah, okay. that's the one you update the uh, most. I think so. Cool. Yeah. Now I want to see all the, all the pictures of uh, uh, what happens at the at those D and D games. Oh my god! I'll, they're they're up there, and I'll put more up. Nice. Oh, cool. Lots of familiars running around the room. <laughs> nothing, with, nothing, no one's getting down the hallway. Kind of, kind of vibe, you know. <laughs> Nothing's getting done. Along with the little puppies. Yep, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> puppy tortures happening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go I see like, that puppy was probably trying to protect you from something that's up there now. So I be know, careful. There's a, there's a, a mind flare right outside. Yeah. Awesome! Can't wait to see you in LA and 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 in a kind of couple of days. Yeah, really. yeah, for sure. Me too. Thanks for having me down. Very it's be exciting. Fun. All right, man. Well, thanks for calling in, and uh, we'll see you see you very soon. Everybody, tune in yeah. to watch Mr. Chris Funk perform at D and D Live. I enjoy speaking to Chris Funk a me lot. Too. He is uh, just super creative, really uh, passionate about uh, both music but also gaming. It's it's it's, it's wonderful. Yep, and he, uh, I, I appreciate all of his efforts in helping to make D and D live. Yeah, an amazing success. It's true. Um, so cool. We've been batting around uh, ideas for uh, a D and D musical for a long time, uh, and this is the 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 next evolution uh, that we could get to before we go full hog on, uh, you know, performing and making a D and D musical happen. There you go. It's going to be. I mean, we already have kind of a stellar cast. We do, we do, and then all we got to do is is sing with them. Yep, I'm going to lip sync. Love lifts us up where we belong on s- angels' wings. When he, wait. No, Love I'm trying to get some D and D in there on dragons' in, wings. Obviously, duh, duh. See, this is why we need Kelly. Where and the Indiana. cloud giant sings. Johnny, kill the giant eagle's <laughs> wings. The rock destroys I can us. Do this. Yeah, I can actually. I used to be very talented at. Like changing up songs. I, I mean to tell you this. You used to be very talented. I was. I peaked in seventh grade. <laughs> you mean like you were like Wayne Brady level of like being oh able my to God. improv? Like my friends and I were like Weird Al Yankovic. Like Ooh. we could take any song and we would turn it into something really funny. And they were good. Yeah? Yes. I feel like I, I did that too. I, I, I started turning on Edna to uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Really? Yeah. So she'll like Does ask. she even know the song so that he's parroting? Because. Has he well, done no, it? Well, he's been doing way? stuff now. Like, he's definitely got more modern songs. Don't move. Yeah, and so he's got his polkas. Uh, don't move. Why? What's, what do you mean, don't move? <laughs> I, want to, I gotta take a picture. What? What's the matter? Is it like a bug on me or something? <laughs> no, but it's, what's great is the way that the microphone is positioned. You kind of... <laughs> hang on, everyone. Wait this is, this for This is good it. radio. This is good radio. This is a great podcast. It looks like you have, like, a little animal face. Like, huh? you have, like, a little, like, black nose. That doesn't make any. It's like I'm a little badger. You're so oh, honey badger. And you, don't care. Look at how cute. Oh, because it's got like the little dot yes. right here. It made it look like I had a little nosy. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. That's super good podcasting. That is really. That's good. why we win the potties. <laughs> <laughs> is that going to be a running joke now? Yeah. You're like I just potted, 
Everyone, potty. check That's out. That's potty quality. I left my potty in the bathroom. I gotta go get oh, it. Oh, you better go get it. <laughs> Some people do put their potty in the bathroom. <laughs> when I, so uh, they can see it. A I, lot. Uh, uh, I don't talk about this often, but I used to hang out, I guess, in the office for uh, the Coen Brothers. My my brother, my brother, my friend was a was the assistant to the Coen Brothers. Really? Yeah. Uh, back in like the early 2000s and uh, there was a doorstop in their bathroom and I never really thought much of it until I looked at it and it was, uh, I believe, Francis McDormand's Oscar was the doorstop. No. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah, It might have been a replica. replica. Why would she give it to them? I think they liked the idea of using it as a doorstop in the bathroom. That ho- I hope that's How a funny re- that would be. I, it could have been a replica, but... It made me laugh a lot. They also had the marmot, the marmot from uh, um, that scene in The Big Lebowski, where it's like uh, in the bathtub and like attacking uh, uh, Jeff Bridges. That was an attachment on a Dewalt drill. Oh no way! And so they had it in like a glass plexiglass case in their office, like the attachment that was like the marmot that like spun around on a drill to make it look like it was like uh, agitated and attacking them. Yeah, there was was tons of fun stuff like that. One of Bart's favorite movies. I'm now getting my my buddy fired from the job he got fired from 14 years ago. So. Doesn't matter. <laughs> what are they going to do? Fire him? <laughs> I guess. I guess so. Uh, speaking of getting fired, uh, we should wrap this up before uh, before Nathan comes back and exactly. fires us. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad you're here as our union rep to be able to right. uh, uh, negotiate us out of this. Uh, you guys are all amazing, amazing, and thank you for paying attention to every little step we take. I know every breath we take uh, here elevating. on Dragon Talk. Uh, we are excited to bring that show to D&D Live 2019, The Descent. So watch, listen, retweet. Rate us. Get people to know everything that's happening at D&D Live. We want it to be a moment for Dungeons & Dragons as a whole. Uh, yeah. We are uh, going to be you're gonna be able to watch everything that's going on live, being able to pick between different video screens and everything. dnd.wizards.com slash D&D Live 2019. Bookmark it now. That's where all the new information is going to to, to drop uh, with uh, new cast members, new cast members joining Relics and Rarities. All that's going to be on there. And that's you'll be able to awesome. watch everything from there, too. So make it so. Can't wait. Spread the word. And, uh, and uh, watch you'll it. watch me and Shelly there on Saturday and Sunday morning. Mostly early. unhappy that it is so early, but we will be hopped up as much coffee as possible. It is really we got to ship down mugs. I didn't even think oh, about that. Oh, how are you going to do that? we got to ship down tons of mugs so that we can be drinking coffee from these mugs while we're doing this. Um, you know what? I have a swag idea for you. Mm. Then I'll What's tell that? you after. All right. Pitch it. Pitch it like we, that's another one we could do. It's like Dragon Shark Week where we pitch like swag ideas. Yes. Like Shark Tank? It's like, yeah. Dragon Tank. No, I don't know why I said Shark Week. I don't know because we could do it for a whole week. We do <laughs> Pitch your ideas. Shark Tank Swag Week. I want to. You know I love Shark Tank. How about we? We have it? talked about. Why don't this? we call it? It'll be actually a show that Bart and you do together, and it's Shark Week. Shark Tank. Ooh, <laughs> I did not want to get in there. Get dropped into the Shark Tank. Somebody did say like, "Oh man, I'm sorry to miss it." There's probably a lot of poop jokes or something. Like, You're not wrong. <laughs> I remember Quinn came home from daycare once in like different pants. And I was like, what happened to your pants? And he goes, a sharded. <laughs> like proud. I remember you telling me that story. And I'm like, yeah. I remember his teacher was like, you what? Like he just walked up to the teacher. He's like, Miss Jess, I sharded. Jealous. <laughs> Jealous. <laughs> Look at my superpower. <laughs> I can multitask. Oh, man. Uh, so that's another show we're starting up. And we'll, it'll make it happen. Shark Tank. How can people uh, ask us not to do any more poop jokes I, on Dragon Yeah, Tom? I'm just going to say they... 
they're going to want that information. Sure. You can you can tell me at Shelly Moo on Twitter. I, I'll pass it on, I and, guess. Uh, and what about Avalon Hill? In case you want to be like, don't do I a don't, shark. Don't bring Avalon Hill into this. They have nothing to do with Shark Tank. Um, <laughs> Avalon Hill 2 on Twitter or Avalon Hill Games on Facebook. I am at Greg Tito on the Twitters, uh, Greg underscore Tito on Instagrams. And you can find out everything about this fun game that we sometimes talk about called Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. At DungeonsandDragons.com. But more importantly, just go to dnd.wizards.com slash dndlive. Use the hashtag dndlive2019 and uh, spread the word because there's going to be so much fun entertainment about the new adventure. So much. Which is set in... The story is about... If, and if you listen to this podcast backwards, you'll understand exactly what that is. <laughs> While looking into a mirror ah. and saying Bloody Mary and saying Tiamat three and times. And saying, Tiamat, here comes the Momo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we don't have our props, but uh, I think is, we should look at what's oh, yeah. happening here with this pen. And, and oh. this coffee stir. Oh, yeah. Ah, 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 the rocks fall. <laughs>